Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams here, and this is the I Heart My Life show. And today you are in for a treat. We have the incredible Bob Heilig, who's my friend and colleague here with us today. So Bob is the founder of Your Virtual Upline, a training resource for the new wave of network marketers that put love, service, and giving at the heart of their business and want strategies and techniques that work in the world we live in today. So welcome, Bob. So excited to have you here. Hey, Emily, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So the way that we met was at Brendan Burchard's Mastermind, and I remember him introducing you to the group and saying, this is Bob, and he created a seven-figure business in like 10 months, and you can do it too. And I loved hearing that. I was so inspired. And, you know, I didn't do it in 10 months, but I did it in 18 months. And because I, you know, have a similar story, I know there's more to the story than that. It's not just you wake up one day, 10 months later, seven-figure business. (laughs) Yeah, what Brendan forgot to mention, or maybe he didn't know the whole story, was the the 15 years before that (laughs) happened when... I really kind of started my entrepreneurial journey, you know, so it from the outside looking in. Yeah, from the outside looking in, it might seem like it happened overnight, but that couldn't be further from the truth. So, yeah, um, I find that all my guests have this I heart my life story where there's key turning points and obviously lots of hours and years before they get to the place that they are now. So I'd love for you to share that with the audience. Yeah, I think, you know, I have uh, my background is in traditional corporate sales. Um, I spent about a decade in the medical sales profession and I was introduced to, you know, I serve primarily the direct selling network marketing profession. And I was introduced to that profession way back in uh, the year 2001. And uh, it was I was kind of like just fresh out of college and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I was introduced to this concept and it just, I just kind of fell in love with it, right? The idea of entrepreneurship, but I didn't really have what you would consider a fast start as an entrepreneur. My, my story was I've, you know, I'm an introvert by nature and it sounds, you know, a lot, I say that all the time and I think people are like, really? Cause I kind of make my life in on camera and video but I really am introverted and, and public speaking has actually been was one of my biggest fears most of my life. And I mention that because it has a lot to do with my journey and my story. And my first year as an entrepreneur, I really struggled because I had this fear of speaking in public and talking to people. And it hurt me in a lot of different areas. I really resisted the prospecting that we were being required to do. I you know, the thought of me giving a presentation was like, I mean, I I would rather die than do that. And this fear that I had was really kind of holding me back from really going out and and doing it the way I needed to. My first year was really a failure, um, but I didn't quit. Right. And I always love talking about uh, when people, they always want to talk about my successes. And I'm like, I love talking about my failures. Because my failures are actually the things that I'm most proud of. And I'm not proud because I like was really bad, but I'm proud of the fact 
that even though it took me literally years to see success, that I didn't quit. And totally. that, yeah, and these I think dreams, people need to hear that. Yeah, these dreams that I had of a bigger and a better life were bigger than the obstacles and the challenges that I was facing. And I just always, and I'm sure, I know you feel this way, and I'm sure most of your audience does, or otherwise they wouldn't be listening right now. I've just always had this feeling deep down inside of me that there was a bigger reason why I was on this earth, that there was something bigger out there that I was meant to do. And I don't, you know, I, I had this feeling, but there wasn't really any visible evidence around me that that was the case. I was, you know, I wound up actually at the age of 30 after spending several years trying to be an entrepreneur. I was dead broke, living on a friend's couch, you know, struggling just to try to make things work. But even given all this kind of stuff that was happening around me, I just had this feeling. I knew there was something bigger out there for me. And so the first couple of years of my entrepreneurial journey really were of struggle. It was having fear keep me playing small in my life. And it wasn't until I really started to change my relationship to my fears and the things that were holding me back that I finally started to experience kind of the breakthroughs that I was looking for. Yeah, let me stop you there because there's so much that I want to talk about and kind of unpack. So you mentioned that you're an introvert. I'm an introvert as well, which like you said, it might surprise people. But I think that's a good thing to point out because there are a lot of introverts listening who wonder if they can be on camera, or get on Facebook Live or even have a business. And you're obviously yeah. living proof. And you mentioned that your first year was a failure. So if you like talking about the failures, let's unpack that even more. So what did it look like for you? What yeah. was Yes. Yeah, so, so horrible. Yeah. It was, well, you know what's interesting? I, I feel like I need to say this. I used to use being an introvert or, you know, a lot of people just say, well, I'm just kind of shy. Yeah. I used to use that as my excuse why I wasn't successful. Yeah. You know, I think we all have a tendency to make up these stories in our mind that justify us either not taking the action we want or taking the action we want. And I think so many times people use shy as an excuse to not face their fears and play small. And I just got to the point where I was like, you know, that needs to change. But in that first year, what it looked like for me was it looked like a lot of inconsistency, right? Because there were these things that I knew that I should have been doing, but that I wasn't because I felt that resistance and fear. So what would happen was I would muster up the courage to kind of take a step and do them a little bit not quite, you know, I wouldn't throw myself all the way into it, but the big problem that I had in my first year was I was focused too much on the results and not the activities that I needed to be successful. And I see this as a common trait for people that struggle. They get so caught up in the results of the activity, meaning that, you know, they want to see the results quickly, right away. Like we live in this microwave society today where people have this false expectation of what it really takes to be successful. We see all these Instagram celebrities and social media people that, you know, are flashing these nice things and they make it seem like it's so easy to get to that point. But behind each and every one of these success stories, there's usually struggle and challenge and adversity and people don't highlight that, right? So we have these false expectations. They come into a business 
They want to put in minimal effort and they want to get maximum results. And for me, it was I was too focused on what the result was. So that would lead me to periods of activity. But then I would get discouraged when I wasn't seeing the results and I would pull back and actually stop. And it was like starting and stopping. And what I didn't realize was that was really kind of killing me in my business. So the big shift that I had to make was stop focusing on the results, start focusing on the activity. And this was one of my big lessons. Give myself time to succeed. Give myself time to get better, right, to build up the momentum. And I I learned this from a book that I've actually read called The Slight Edge. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And in this book, I learned this and it was like, I was like, wow, like mind blowing. The book said that by the time you see the results that you want, 90% of the work will already be done. Wow. I remember reading that and I'm like, oh my God, like this book, literally, it, it literally just described, and I didn't read this until years afterwards, this book literally just described why I struggled for years as an entrepreneur because I was so focused on the results and what would happen was I would not get the result I wanted so I would automatically assume that I was doing something wrong and I would stop and I didn't realize that it's about just doing the simple disciplines, those handful of things every day and every business is different. But then just knowing that if you do that, having the philosophy that if you do the right thing long enough, you will get to the results you want 100% of the time. Most people just quit too early and that's why they don't see the success that they want. It's like that little graphic of the iceberg where it says, you know, you see the top part, right? But that's not all of it. There's so much beneath the surface that really makes up the success that you see. I love that reminder. So you got through the first year, obviously, and you started to, you you kept going forward. And I really resonate with that idea. I always say I I always knew I was meant for something big. And so there is this desire inside to continue to move forward because you feel that and it's calling you. So take us on the journey um, after that first year. Yeah, I think for me, the the big um, people always say, so what shifted? Like, what was the tipping point for you? And for me, I'm certain it's I... I changed my relationship to fear. Yep. I went from having fear be something that um, I ran away from and avoided, like all the things I feared. Yeah. And I started to realize that my fears were actually a clue as to what I needed to do to get to the next level in my life. So I, I used, I started using my fears as a compass. And I did this kind of accidentally the first time. I, I got a funny story. Um, it was about a year into me being an entrepreneur. And like I had mentioned, I was so afraid of talking in public. And I remember I was at a business meeting. We used to do trainings on Saturday mornings. It was down at the Philadelphia airport, the Ramada Inn. I literally remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> and there couldn't have been more than 25 people in the room. So we're not talking about like a big audience. And it was, uh, we used to do these business presentations and right before the meeting, um, a minute before it started, one of my mentors came up to me and said, hey, we wanna have you open up the meeting today. And I remember like having this moment where I looked at him and I thought he was joking, but I was hoping he was joking, but I could tell by his face he was serious. And I remember having this moment where I had this thought, I said, okay, I could either do this face this fear for the first time, 
or I could literally just turn around and walk out of the room and leave. But I was like, well, I can't leave because if I leave, I can never come back. And I really do want to continue to build this business. So I was like, all right, this is it. And I had all of 60 seconds to prepare myself for this, which felt like, you know, 10 hours. Yeah. And I remembered him like gently kind of like with his arm around me, um, like physically forcing me to get in front of the room because that's what it took. And it, I mean, we're talking about like 10 feet to get in front of this room. And I remember walking to the front of the room and the, this feeling that came over me, I only could describe to the people that are watching and listening is I was like, if you, like when you die, that's probably what it's gonna feel like. Like I'm like, <laughs> this is probably what when you die, you feel like this. I could feel my body. I was like, I, I didn't know what was happening, but I got in front of the room and I had, a, I had a little cup of water in my hands and I was shaking so bad, the water was literally spilling onto my hands. And they're standing in the back of the room. They're like, put the water down. I put the water down. It was as if I stood up and my mind sat back down. I don't know what I said. I was like trembling. My voice was quaking. I got, I couldn't get off that, you know, out of that room quick enough. I sat through the meeting, totally embarrassed. Um, I couldn't run out of there fast enough when it was done. And I got to my car and I remember vividly sitting in my car and it was cold out, so I'm waiting for my car to warm up, and I'm looking at myself in the rearview mirror, and I remember having this really strange feeling start to come over me. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I started, I had this urge to do it again. Like I remember saying to myself, that was terrible, but I wanna do that again because I know I can do better next time. And what I didn't understand at the time, what was happening, is it was the first time in my life that I had this fear that was controlling me. It was the first time in my life that I actually, instead of running away, I stepped into the fear. Now, granted, I had to be helped by someone else to do it, but that was the first time that I ever got the courage to face this fear. And in, in that moment of doing, there was this glimmer of light, this, this light that was inside of me that I never knew this ability to inspire people and communicate through my words, like my purpose and my calling is to inspire people through my story of struggle and my words and the unique way that I have to share. I never knew that because I never gave it a chance to get out. Now, by no means am I saying, like I got up in front of the room the next time and just dazzled the audience. It was a long process of me facing this fear, making the decision over and over, but what that showed me was that I could do these things that I didn't think previously were possible. And it forced me to start looking at all these areas of my life that I was resisting. And I started literally just taking on the challenge of looking for my biggest fears. And what I found was when I was willing to face my biggest fears, they actually were the very things that created the biggest breakthroughs for me in my business and in my life. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. I love it. it. And it really reminds me, you know, you're talking about the beginning stages, but even for me just recently, I think it was last summer, 
I went to the Time Building and filmed a segment for Money Magazine. And mm. I have literally have no clue what I said. I've seen the video, <laughs> but leaving there, I felt the exact same way. I had no clue what just happened. But yeah. I had this feeling like, oh, my God, that was so scary. But I loved it, and I need to do it again. Yeah. And so I think no matter where we're at on the journey, no matter what we're putting, what situation we're putting ourselves into, that fear is going to come up. And this is something we talk about with all of my clients too. It's like, it's going to be in the car, but you don't have to give it the driver's seat. You get to control where you're going, but it's yep. going to be there and you can use it as a sign of this is awesome. I'm stepping into something. I'm stretching myself. I'm going to the next level instead of like allowing it to stop you. Yeah, I think there's this there's this misconception from a lot of people that they think that what it takes for them to be successful is they must become fearless, right? They think it's all about someday, I'm just gonna be able to do these things and not feel fear. And nothing could be further from the truth because what I've learned is anytime in your life you're looking to go to that next level, whatever it is, Fear is going to be a necessary companion along the way. Fear is telling you that you're growing and stretching. And I actually even say to a lot of my clients and students, I say, look, if you're not feeling fear in your life right now as it relates to your business, you better be afraid. Because that tells me that you're get, you got lazy, you got complacent, you're not pushing yourself. So what, what's necessary is not becoming fearless, it's becoming more courageous. That's the quality we all must start to bring more into our life is having the courage, which means to feel the fear and take the action anyway. And, I, and when I talk about courage a lot, I love this quote by Winston Churchill where he, he said that cur- uh, fear is a reaction, but courage is a decision, right? And so many people they, they live in a reactive state when it comes to their business. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's like, feel the fear, run away. And courage is just making the decision that you're going to do things differently. And But it is like a muscle though, right? You got to build it up and you have to make that decision over and over and over again. Yeah. And it starts to have less power, I would say. Like, although totally. it's there, it's not in control like it used to be. Totally. Yep. But then that. you know what happens once you get to the point, because I, you probably deal with this, I deal with this. Once you get to a point where you master something and you don't really feel that fear, to me, then I start asking myself, okay, what's the next thing that I know I should do or need to do that I know in the back of my mind is giving me a little fear and resistance because I'm like, I thought about it. And then just the thought, I'm like, oh, right? But that's the thing that I try yeah. to run into. I know that that's the next thing that I need to do to get to where I want to go. Totally. I remember hearing an interview with Sarah Blakely, or many times she shared this, where her father used to ask every single evening at dinner where they failed, how they failed mm-hmm. in school, you know, in their personal lives, whatever it may be, because he was looking for that. And yes. I think we can, it, it might sound simple, but if we just ask ourselves every day, where did we feel the fear? And if we're not feeling any, like you said, then we know that we're not stretching ourselves. Totally. I, you know, I, I, couldn't agree any more than that. And I, I coach a lot of like high performers and people that have already been successful. And I think sometimes people like that struggle even more with this because sometimes the greatest enemy of us achieving our fullest potential is the success we already have, right? It's like good is the enemy of great because sometimes we feel like we've arrived 
and we can, in the course of our life, we can do things that we kind of are on autopilot and we've achieved this level of results that for a lot of people would be great. But if you're, you know, my desire through entrepreneurship is I focus on impact before I focus on income. I value impact over income. And my goal through my entrepreneurship is I want to impact as many lives as possible. So I know the only way that I do that, I must keep going to that next level. But here's the problem. Going to that next level and facing those fears and venturing into that land of uncertainty, you have to risk not looking good. And a lot of times entrepreneurs, they get so caught up in like this persona that they create for themselves. And I think social media has made this even worse where it's like everything has to look perfect and the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and my branding's on point and this and that. And then the thought of them, like I, this surfaces a lot when I teach live video to people. Like a lot of successful people are like, well, I don't do live video. What if I look stupid? I'm like, who cares if you look stupid? Like your unwillingness to, to, not, to not look good, right? Like that resist, that's holding you back from making the biggest impact. So you have to be okay to look bad. My first live video, which I'm sure we talk more about live video, I was a mess. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even figure out how to turn the thing off. I'm just like poking around on the screen and people are like laughing at me and I'm like, this is miserable. But I knew I had to get past that suck, right? It's like I say embrace the suck to get to the good and then get yeah. to the great. Yeah, let's pause here for just a second. There's so many pieces that I want to touch on after the break. So we'll come right back in a second with Bob Hyland. Okay, awesome. Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams. This is the I Heart My Life show and we are back with Bob Heilig. So before the break, we were talking all about feeling the fear but doing it anyway and really having the courage to take action. And one of the things you talked about, Bob, is that you really focus on impact versus income. And I know that this was a big shift for you and your business and along your journey. So can you talk a little bit about that and some of the turning points associated with your focus going from income to impact? Yeah, totally. I have. Uh, I actually came up with this philosophy. I call this legacy leadership, and it's really based off of this this simple premise that I hold the belief that the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs struggle is because they are stuck in what I call the success mindset. And the success mindset, as it relates to your business, is you focused first on what you can get from being an entrepreneur. Right? It's all about you know, income goals, we set these success goals, like we have income goals, we have these 
goals for promotions or rank advancements or we want nice things, cars, houses, watches. It's all personal freedom, financial freedom. That's the success mindset. And that's how most entrepreneurs come into their business. And a lot of times it's it's out of need, right? We're in a place in our life where we don't, we have lack. So we're looking for our business to fill that void for us. And by no means am I saying there's anything wrong with having success goals. I mean, I like nice things. It's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem. When your only focus is what you can get from your business and your own personal gain, it's not enough fuel to really drive you to long-term results. And here's the reason why. Success will lead you to happiness, right? If you make that big sale or you do that launch or you get that promotion or you make that check or maybe you even quit your job and you get to be a full-time entrepreneur, that'll make you happy and it's great. But happiness is temporary, it doesn't last. You know, you're not, we're not waking up today getting excited to get out there and take on all the challenges of building a business because of a check that we got six months ago. It's fleeting. What we need to learn how to do is we need to learn how to tap into a fuel that is a much deeper and, and better source to keep us going. And the way that we do that is we shift from the success mindset to what I call the mindset of significance. And the best way for me to explain this is success is about you, significance is about other people. And legacy leadership is based on this philosophy that before you ask yourself, what can I get from my business? You ask yourself, what can I give through my business? And it's viewing entrepreneurship first and foremost as a way to impact the lives of other people and create real lasting positive change. It forces you to, instead of having, because a lot of times the success mindset, we're operating from a state of lack. It's fear-based, it's ego-based. Legacy leadership is, is based from love and service and giving. And what I have found is if you lead with not what you can get, but what you can give, and you set what I call impact goals, meaning ask yourself this question, how do you want the world to be different or better because you said yes to being an entrepreneur? And what's how your answer? What's that? And what's your answer to that question? So my answer is I want to inspire people to do things that inspire them, right? I want to inspire people that it is possible to do more and be more. I want to share my story to let them know that, that, that you can achieve bigger and better things. You do deserve to live a life of your dreams and, to, and the things that you want matter. Right. Like it really does matter. And, and so part of how I want to impact the world is through that message. Right. Of inspiration, perseverance. But I also want to impact the world. And we can talk more a little bit about this, about we have I have a mission in my company that we've created through charitable contributions and donations and stuff like that. So I want to impact the world in a much bigger way in terms of helping people in need. I've I found that entrepreneurship. Um, can be an incredible vehicle to really uh, enact change in the world. Um, but, you know, I, here's, the, here's, I think, the best way I could summarize this. I spent the first 10 years of my career as an entrepreneur obsessing over building a seven-figure business, right? I mean, it was, I don't know why, but it was just the million-dollar mark, like yeah, a millionaire. I get it. Like, oh, my God, I want to be a millionaire. I want seven-figure business, and I obsessed over it. It was all about, I'm going to buy this car and this house, and this is the watch I want, and this and that. I'm gonna, 
and and it eluded me for almost 10 years, interest, interestingly enough. And when I shifted my focus, when I started to learn about you know the law of reciprocity, the more you give, the more you get, and I shifted my focus to instead of obsessing over making a million dollars, I started obsessing over how could I impact the lives of a million people. And that was what's crazy about that is that is right around the time when I started to throw myself into the online space and build this business that I have now. And that was when within 10 months, I was literally able to build a seven figure business, something that 10 years, it eluded me, in 10 months, shifting this focus and using some of the tools that we have today, I was able to create almost overnight what, um, what, I, what I was assessed over for 10 years. I love that. And it's very similar. I'm not sure if the law you talked about is the same as this, but I know the law of income talks about how the more value you give, the more you make, which is why teachers, although they do amazing work, they're only impacting what, like 100 to 500, whatever, to 1,000 students, right? And so it's the teachers that are online who are impacting more people who are seeing the money come in. It's the same thing. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a great point because I had this and I know you're like a master about money mindset, right? Yeah. Like I love your stuff on money mindset. I had this limiting belief around money that the only way that I could make more money is I had to work harder and longer. So I, what I didn't understand is I had this internal resistance around making a million dollars because of that. And what I've learned in the last couple of years is working harder and spending more time has nothing to do with making more money. And I I have found in my life that money is simply a reflection of, number one, the amount of value you put into the marketplace and the number of people you serve. And we live in a world today unlike any other. This is the greatest time literally in the history of our world to be an entrepreneur with social media, with live video, we can reach people in a way that we've never been able to before. So they're literally, if you have that abundance mindset and you realize how can I just impact more people, then your income is going to flow naturally right behind that. The bigger impact you make, the more money you make, and then the more money you make, it just gives you a bigger platform to go out into the world and make an even bigger impact. And that ultimately is what leads us to the legacy that we leave, which is what this philosophy is that I'm talking about, where we view our business as the primary vehicle for us to go out and touch other lives and build a legacy for ourselves. Yeah, it's so incredible everything that you're doing. And and I definitely want to touch on that. And I want to just share one more thing um, based on what you said. I think people start their business wanting financial freedom, freedom of time, whatever it may be, wanting the car. And I just want to point out that I think that gets them on the path sometimes. And so like you said, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's the catalyst for change. And that's what they need to get going. But like you said, that doesn't sustain happiness. And it's not a recipe for long term success. And I remember feeling the same way just a year and a half ago, I had all these things and had done all this stuff and I wasn't feeling happy or fulfilled. And it can be really confusing, but it's exactly what you're talking about. And people aren't going to put in the work and continue to move forward unless their heart connected to something, some sort of mission, some sort of purpose. It's so important. Yeah. Well, you said the magic word, it's fulfillment. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Success leads you to happiness. Living a life in service of others leads you to fulfillment. And when we feel truly fulfilled by the work that we're doing, 
that's the secret sauce that gets us through the tough times. It's, yeah. you know, it's literally the difference between liking and loving something. And, you know, I, I heard this uh, analogy before and it never really hit home with me until now it's a reality of my life. It's like children, right? Like I have my son, we just had my wife, we had our first son, Grayson, he's seven months old. And it went, you know, this difference between liking and loving something is it's like, I understand it now because we have this baby that has literally taken over our lives for better or worse, mostly for better, but sometimes for worse. Yeah. And there's these moments where I'm just like, look, kid, I don't like you right now, <laughs> but I love you. Yes. I'm fulfilled by you. So I'm going to endure this night of no sleep or crying or just one of your bad days. And that our business is the same way. Yeah. If we're only driven by happiness and it's like a nice to have, we're not going to do it on the tough days. But if we're fulfilled, like if we're really connected to the fact that there is a much bigger reason why we do what we do every day, like those, you know, that, 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 that the prospecting or creating content, if we know there's something bigger out there, right, we're, we're more, our business is in align with our purpose, right? And that gives you that fuel to keep going even on those tough days. And it reminds you, it's not just about you, like you getting on video for the first time. I want you to talk about that in a second and share some yeah. of your tips for those people who haven't done it yet. But getting on video or getting on stage or whatever that thing is that scares you when you realize it's not just about you, it's about that impact and the value that you're creating for others. Sometimes that helps you take that first step forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think live video to me is a, the perfect uh medium for people that really want to go out and impact the world in the biggest way possible. Live video to me is the number one way to do that. And for so many different reasons. One, um, you can reach and you can scale and reach an audience, not technically unlimited, but virtually. Um, you can make connections with people through live video in a way that you can't any other way. You know, whether it's podcasting or recorded videos or written copy, there's just something about being live with someone, right? It really facilitates trust. And I think the reason why it does that is also the thing that makes it so scary for people is it, it humanizes us, right? And that's the thing that scares people because they're like, well, I don't want people to see my faults, right? We feel like we have to like become this version of ourselves that we need to be to be successful. And with live video, you can't hide that. Right. Like if you're good enough to get on live video and be make someone believe you're someone you're not, you're probably not doing live videos. You probably live in Hollywood and you're already making millions as an actor because that's called an actor. Right. Most normal people, they get on live video. You know, real quickly, I like this person or I don't. But because people can see your faults and because it humanizes you, that's the thing that breeds trust. People will know, I like this person, I trust them. And once that trust is present, that becomes the medium from which you can really impact people through your messages and through your words. And But it's hard to get started in the beginning, right? Because we have this thing in our mind, there's so many things. We have these limiting beliefs around, do I really have something to offer other people? A lot of people haven't had success. So they have this limiting belief that they need to already be established and successful in their in their business to go out and teach others to be credible. Yeah. And I'm not saying that having results or some sort of certification or life coaching degree or this or that, I'm not saying that that doesn't help. 
But what I am telling you is your income, your certifications, your degrees have nothing to do with your credibility when it comes to online. Here's what makes you credible online. The trust you build with someone else, which comes from them liking you, right? If somebody likes you, they trust you. So if someone likes you, and if you can share information with them that helps them create a result in their life, you're credible to that person. And here's the, here's the beauty of this. You could share a piece of information with someone else that you have not even used yet in your life or helped <laughs> you create results. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If I watch your video and I'm like, man, that was really good. I'm not going to say, hey, Emily, um, before I implement that strategy, can you document that you've implemented that strategy and that's where I don't care. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's good. I'm going to go do it. And guess what? I do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that worked. I'm just laughing because James and I have had so many conversations after our own coaching sessions where we're like, yeah, this amazing sessions with all these clients and we are sharing this, this and this. You know what? I need to start doing that again. I love I'm going to take my own advice. Yeah. Like sometimes we need to remind ourselves. And I always tell my clients, like, where are you even a step or two or five ahead of the person you're trying to serve, even if it's the knowledge that you have or the life experience? And you can be that wake up call or that reminder to them. That's like. Like you said, they're not going to check in and be like, how are you doing this? <laughs> I mean, I, I've literally, I mean, I've, I've personally coached and mentored easily over a hundred six figure, multiple six figure, seven figure earners in my niche, my profession. I can count on one hand the amount of people that actually said to me, hey, um, tell me more about your background. You know, how big of a team did you build? How much money did you make? I never get asked that question. Because it's very clear to these people that a relationship with me will be beneficial to them because I've been helping them and serving them and impacting them from afar through my content for months. So there's no question whether I know what I say. So here's what I would say to like some of your audience. If you're in uh, if you're in a niche that requires you to have some sort of certification or something good. Awesome. You should continue to try. But that shouldn't keep you from getting started. Like start serving now, start impacting now. I teach something called learning out loud, which basically means anything you learn in your life that's helping you, that you find interesting, don't just learn in private for your own benefit. Take the additional step of sharing with others what you're learning, learn out loud, and watch what it does to your business. You know, I heard it said like this, the fastest way to massive success in literally anything you're doing is to out-teach your competition. And I always tell my clients, whatever is personal is universal. And so the more personal and the more relatable you can be, people will love it. It doesn't need to be like this idea that no one's ever shared because most of the time that doesn't really exist. Um, So, yeah. But as you keep going, like you will develop your own frameworks and your own way of doing things and what works for you and you'll be able to share that as well. Yeah, it's like, I, there's. I'm going to paraphrase this quote, but it's like, it basically it's acknowledging, is there really anything new in the world anymore? Like, you know, the, the, I remember hearing this quote, it was like, um, everything that's that needs to be said has already been said <laughs> by someone, but since they weren't listening, they need to hear it again. Love right? it. It's like, you just, like people, I mean, I'll sometimes I'll do the same video for the third or fourth time over the span of, and people are like, you know, I heard you say that before. But I needed to hear that again. Yeah. So it's like, once again, it's just acknowledging the fact that we all have what's called the curse of knowledge, which is basically we do not give ourselves credit 
for the fact that we have information in our heads and in our notebooks that could impact and change other people's lives because we just think, well, that's common sense. Right. But common sense is not always common practice. Brennan Burchard. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Brennan. And the thing about it is this, is when you start this process, people are gonna be amazed. They're gonna be like, I can't believe that this video got that many views or likes or, you know, like the moment you start, what's gonna happen is you're gonna have people responding to you. And this is what's really powerful about live video because we, once again, we all have this story, this lie that we tell ourselves that we don't have anything to offer other people. And the moment we start putting ourselves out there through video, we start to get visible evidence that that's not true. Somebody messages you. Like I can't tell you how many times I've had a student tell me that like they ran into some random person in the supermarket or in the mall that they hadn't seen in years. And the person was like, thank you. Yeah. For what? I've been watching your videos. Yeah, right? and that's the thing. You never know who's watching when you start no. this journey and who you're because about to impact. Well, this is what's frustrating. If I, you know, I'll go on a rant here for a second. Yeah. 99% of them will never like, never comment and never share, but they watch, Yeah. right? It's almost like you feel like They're saying gross. like, really? Like you, you couldn't just like it one time? <laughs> just let me know that like you were watching, but they don't, but yeah. you're impacting people. And then you start to realize if you come from this mindset of wanting to make an impact, you start looking at live video differently because you start to realize if you really do want to make the biggest impact during your lifetime, you have a responsibility to do things like live video. Mm -hmm. Because I've also heard this quote, and I want to speak directly to anybody that's already had success that maybe has been resisting doing things like live video. Success unshared is really failure. We talk a little bit more about that. And I also want you to share your very first webinar story with the audience because that's like yeah. the best story ever. And okay. we'll talk about taking quick action as well. So when we get back, we'll cover, we'll start up there. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams. We're back with Bob Heilig. So before the break, we were talking about live video and how if you're not sharing your success and what you're learning, that's really failure. So just let that one sink in. I really want you to challenge yourself after watching this episode or even right now, jot down something that is scaring you, whether it's live video or something else, and really challenge yourself to take that action today. And before we go on, so Bob, you might not know this, but I heard through the grapevine from my husband James that you shared that you are the fastest implementer you know. 
<laughs> and I actually think I might rival you for that. <laughs> but one of my favorite stories of you implementing, really without letting that fear get in the way and maybe not knowing exactly what you were doing, is when you set up your first webinar, and or at least the one that ended up making you a significant amount of money. So I'd love for you to share this with your audience and I with the audience, and I want to say why. I think that so often we are waiting for perfect and we're waiting to have everything together and to have all the answers. And if we just took action quicker, we would get the clarity that we want. We would get the results that we want. And I think that, you know, probably you and me both, we get more done in a day than most people get done in a month. And I think mm. that's one of the secrets that we really need to talk about and be real about because people are waiting too long to actually take the action. Yeah. Well, I think there's this misconception that a lot of times people will see people like you and I that are that are implementing quickly and putting new courses or this and that out. And they think, man, they really got it together. Like they just know what they're doing. And I don't want to speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. I implement quickly because I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> like I really don't. And I know the only way I'm going to figure it out or find out is by putting something out there. So it's like going back to what I talked about earlier, when I had this revelation about that my, my biggest fears were the things that were leading me down the path of my purpose, that I started to really pay attention to that. And when I started this journey of doing live videos, I'll get my, the abridged version of my story, I did a live video. It started out every day. For, the original intention was just 30 days. Let me just see if I can do it. I throw myself into it, get over the fear. 30 days turned into 60, 90. I did a live video every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m., no more than five, 15 minutes for six months. I had nothing to sell, I, which by the way, that's, this is not a good business strategy. I'm not recommending you do this, but I had no offers. I was just so into serving my audience and I have, you know, I prescribe that if I give, I get at some point. So it got to the point where I was like, all right, something's gotta happen. I was dead broke. It was January 1st, 2016. Um, I had no money coming in. My wife, it, my fiance at times like, look, we, we do something here. Like, what are we gonna do? So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do a webinar. Now mind you, I've never done a webinar before, right? Um, I didn't like have a presentation already. I just came up with an idea. I'm like, well, my audience, I know they love Facebook and they wanna learn Facebook. So why don't I just put together a webinar of building your business on Facebook, we'll call it that. I went on Upwork, I'm like, how do I like, how do I sell something? Let me find out, I found somebody that's like, oh, you lose, you use this thing, I'll help you put it together. Paid them a couple bucks, paid them two, I'll never forget, it. I paid them 250 bucks. I'm like, I said to my wife, I'm like, that seems like really cheap, should I be worried about that? She's like, no, I'm sure it's fine, right? So I put together this idea for a webinar, we set up this sales page and everything, and um, I was doing Periscope at the time. This was back when Periscope was big. And I was originally thinking, I'm like, I wanna create, cause I, I learned about scarcity, right? Create scarcity. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna limit the webinar to 300 people, cause I was selling it. It was a paid webinar for $27. And I'm like, I'm gonna limit it to 300 to really get people to hopefully I can get there. And then in the last minute, I don't know why, I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna limit it. Got on Periscope, did my training. At the end, I said, hey guys, big announcement. I know a lot of you have been asking, am I gonna do a training? I got a training I'm doing, I gave them the link, sold it, now mind you, I hadn't even created one word of the PowerPoint yet. I I, none of it was done. We're seven <laughs> days away from it happening. I announced it on Periscope and I'm doing the video 
And anybody that you know is an online business owner, they, they know this feeling. I start seeing these notifications coming on my screen and it's like distracting me. And it's coming from an app that I've never seen these notifications. It was, they were Stripe notifications. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that, these are people buying the thing and I'm trying to train, I'm totally thrown off. I get off Periscope. I had literally by the end of a 15 minute broadcast, I had 100 people that had already bought the training. I am like freaking out, right? Within two hours of me doing it, we already had 300 people that had bought it. Now, I'm like going into a panic mode right now because let's run, let me remind everyone, number one, I hadn't even created the PowerPoint yet. Number two, I had never done a webinar before. <laughs> I signed up for a service that I'd never used before so I'm going into like crazy hustle mode, like what am I gonna do? Long story short, I had 1,100 people buy that training, right? That, that made me $30,000 in upfront sales and I was planning on the training to announce my 90-day group coaching program, which was gonna be just like live webinars, so I was like selling it ahead of time for 497. And the day of, or the day before, I go into the Facebook group for this webinar service, I was using Webinar Jam, and I go in there and I post, and I, people must've been like, this dude can't be serious. I'm like, hey guys, um, I have a webinar, a paid webinar that I had 1,100 people buy, it's tomorrow night, I don't know how to use Webinar Jam, could I pay someone to get on with me and just run the webinar? People must've been like, is this, like, is this dude serious? Like, this can't be real. <laughs> So I paid this guy, um, what was his name, Michael, 500 bucks to get on the, run the webinar for me. The entire day of the webinar, I'm literally working on the PowerPoint. It's, the webinar's at nine. I finish the PowerPoint at 7.30 at night. I don't even practice it. I get on the webinar. I just, now this, I think this is the lesson though, right? Because when, if we're willing to face our fears, and if we just have the faith that if we show up with the mindset of serving others, that we'll figure things out. I just showed up on that webinar and I said, you know what? I don't know if this is gonna be a bad presentation, but here's what I do know. I am gonna put my heart and soul into this presentation and I am gonna give these people everything that I have. Like I want them literally thinking like, this was $27, are you kidding me? It was a two and a half hour long presentation which once again is probably not ideal for conversion, like trying to keep people on for two and a half hours yeah. and I make an offer. I make the offer at the end of the webinar and uh, we have, I did a 24 hour promo, it was 497, but I was like, if you on this webinar and you buy, you get it for 397. All said and done, we made $113,000 on that first webinar. And I remember waking up that next day and looking at my wife and I'm like, did, did that just happen? And it was in that moment, that was when I finally understood. I said, oh, working harder has nothing to do with making more money, right? Wow. It's like, it's just right there. It's like, if you can add enough value and serve people, you, you're the only, I heard it said this way before, the only limitation to you making money in this world is your own creativity. And it was like in that moment, it was like everything shifted for me. Wow, what incredible story. And I resonate with so many pieces of that, like this element of doing it 
right before. You know, I try and plan things out, but there are times where it gets done right before or you promote something and you create it later. And, you know, I'm not saying that's a recipe for success, but sometimes that's just the reality and it doesn't happen in like this perfect orderly fashion. You sometimes just have to implement and just go for it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of my things I'm thankful for, I certainly didn't realize it at the time, but because I was broke and I needed this to work so much, it forced me to be that way kind of, right? And I think a lot of times it's the, what, what keeps people stuck is it's like all this stuff is like, yeah, that'd be nice to have, but we don't need it. Like I literally was, um, you know, I, I was in a company that shut down, so I had no check coming in. I liquidated my 401k to join a mastermind to learn this, start my website, and it was Christmas time, and I barely even had enough money to buy a Christmas present for my fiance, and we literally had the conversation. She said, listen, and look, God bless her. She is stuck by me. She is like my number one fan and supporter, but she said to me, look, something has to change. You know, like I'm hitching my wagon to a guy who's 40 years old. He doesn't even know what he wants to do. Like I... I believe that you think that you can make this happen, but like you're doing videos on social media. Are you telling me this is gonna become a business at some point? But she stuck by me, to her credit, I said, babe, just I, I just really feel like this is gonna be something, I, I feel called to do this. And, um, but I had to make it happen. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to wait to see, well, let me try to make the presentation great, or I'm like, let me just do it. And that's kind of become my motto, is I always do things long before I'm ready to do them. But the interesting thing is, is they always work out pretty well. Because when I get into that situation, I come from that mindset of just trying to serve people. And it usually always kind of works out. But you know what? If it doesn't, who cares? Yeah. Because then you just figured out one way it's not going to work. And then you use that lesson and you go create something different. And I think it's like approaching your business almost like, I think Robin Sharma is the one who said this, like a freshman, like doing it for the first time. I think yeah. we need to remember that, that hunger that we felt in the beginning, whether it's now um, hunger for impact instead of income or whatever it is, and just approach the business like you're just starting and remember that fire that was there in the beginning. Yeah, and it's hard too, as you become more successful, there's more at stake when you make decisions. You know, like me, like I'll be honest, me putting on a fit, like a webinar that totally flops, I didn't care about that when I started. Yeah. You better believe I care about that now. I mean, totally. I got a multiple seven figure business, you get it. Yeah. Like the idea of me doing a webinar that doesn't go well, I'm like, well, you know, so that does influence right. the way that you make decisions. But I think you have to constantly be aware of not letting that keep you because sometimes we have this you know we have this inspiration to do things that we need to learn how to follow kind of that inspiration even if it scares us and thinks totally. you know like i launched a membership program in last september i didn't know how that was going to go i never done a membership program before but i felt this calling to do that yeah. i resisted it for almost a year yeah like, do i really want to do a membership what if nobody joins what if this i created all these stories but then it wasn't until I just kind of was like, all right, this is the next thing for me to do. And it's just like constantly being able to push ourselves to that. Yeah. And listening to whatever you can, what I consider the divine downloads. And I believe our desires are there for a reason and not being scared of that potential risk. And like yeah. you said, that membership site could have been a flop, could have not worked. But, you know, recognizing that you will continue to implement regardless of what the outcome is. Totally. Awesome. So one of the questions I love to ask all of the guests here on the show is how you feel, maybe in a one word summary, you've been able to create a life that's better than your dreams and how other people can too. 
what's been the key to that? I think for me, I honestly do believe that my special sauce is love. It's love. I talk a lot about my audience. You know, we talk, we use the word love. And I just feel like that my competitive advantage is I genuinely care more than others. Like I truly get my greatest joy out of sharing something with someone else and seeing them create a result in their life. Or even if it's not creating a result, maybe it's just giving them a word that inspires them to keep going. And that's the thing that like, I get addicted to that. Like I am literally addicted to helping create other people, create results, inspire them. So, but it stems from a position of love. I just, you know, my wife always says it. She's like, you know, you just have like the biggest heart. Like I just genuinely care to see other people do well. And I think because of that, that's very visible and I try to be really conscious of being transparent with that in the content that I create. And I think that's what draws people to me is they can tell that I'm very genuine and authentic when it comes to that. Definitely. I can attest to that. Awesome. You've been such a support of our business and you know, even recently had an amazing call with us about one of the things we were struggling with. And it's just really true. It's obvious that you care so much and that you are such a giver and you're on Facebook Live all the time sharing these amazing videos with your community and building that trust. So I think that's huge. Awesome. So where can people find you online? Uh, best place to find me is my website, Bob highlig.com we just actually this week we launched a brand new site we kind of been working behind the scenes so i've got on my website i've got a lot of great content i also have um i don't know if any of your listeners are in the direct selling or network marketing profession but i have a podcast it's called the your virtual upline podcast which is hugely popular in that space but my website's the best place for sure Awesome, Bob. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been incredible. I know that everyone is taking notes and writing down all of your wisdom because you shared so much with us today. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Emily. Awesome. So for everyone listening, remember you too can create a life that's better than your dreams. You have to start and take action. Like Bob said, really start to connect with your audience. Give, share what it is, your messages that you have with the world, your purpose, create that impact. And until next time, I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life, and this is the I Heart My Life show. I'll see you very soon on a new episode.